Building a Startup in a Tough Funding Environment. Catalina Daniels James Sherman. Summary. Successfully launching and scaling a new business venture has never been easy. When fundraising dries up and uncontrollables become more prevalent, the challenge is even greater. But founders increase their odds of success by proving product market fit on a tweet https slash slash twitarcom slash intent slash tweet and original underscore refer equals https percent a percent of percent of hbr org percent of percent of percent of building a startup in a tough funding environment and rough underscore src equals twsrc percent post http colon slash slash www.facebook.com slash hbr Share https colon slash slash www.linkedin.com slash companies slash harvard dash business dash review question mark trk equal sign biz dash companies dash sam. Save https colon slash slash hbr.org slash 2024 slash 01 slash building dash dash startup dash and dash dash tough dash funding dash environment number sign. Print javascript window dot print winky face. Startup founders are facing a brutal environment. While never easy to secure, venture funding is more scarce, valuations are down, exit options are dwindling, and shutdowns, fire sales, and hard pivots are happening everywhere. Even VC firms are laying off employees, something that was practically unheard of until now. So what is a startup founder to do? Our recommendation, based on interviews with 18 Harvard Business School graduates who created thriving startups, including unicorns like Blue Apron and Rent the Runway, is to double down on three specific components of the startup journey, ideation and ignition, fundraising, and uncontrollables. We chose these entrepreneurs for because they represent a diverse mix of age, race, and gender in an array of business model innovations in B2C, B2B, marketplaces, and B2B2C across many industries. Some raised hundreds of millions in financing, others more modest amounts, and a few none at all. Our aim was to drill down into their specific experiences while also capturing the big themes relevant to any fledgling company. And, although the ones we mentioned below were founded and scaled in better funding climates, the lessons they offer about proving product market fit on a budget, conservative financing, and managing the unexpected are even more relevant today. Proving product market fit on a budget. With funding scarce, founders, more than ever, must focus on only what is required to prove product market fit and nothing more, as cheaply as possible. Many startups bootstrap, but few do it all the way. Most founders raise funds, or try to, before reaching that point, but, for a vast majority of them, it is not needed. Concentrate primarily on the front end, what customers will see, and minimally on the back end. Make the smallest investments you can in a minimum viable product, MVP, and take small, iterative steps to learn from feedback. Think of Rent the Runway, the platform to rent rather than buy designer dresses and accessories. Today, scale and logistics are keys to their success but, in the early days, the founders proved customer demand for their new business model without investing much. They simply went to several universities and set up pop-up stores offering borrowed dresses to rent. They didn't build a website or establish any operations. They focused only on the front end and the hugely popular reception from their first customers confirmed they were on the right track. Some ventures will have to invest to create an MVP, but here again, smart founders invest minimally by creating the illusion of a product. 
For example, the team at Rubicon MD, a platform that connects primary care doctors with specialists to get advice on whether a referral is needed, initially used a simple online form to capture physicians' queries and answers and manually forwarded those messages. To the users, it looked like a buttoned-up system backed by an expensive tech platform. For the founders, it was only an investment of time, and they showed both that doctors loved using the system and that half of the patients they would have otherwise sent to specialists, without the Rubicon MD feedback, did not actually need to go, which saved everyone time and money. As always, customer feedback should fuel your next small, low-cost, iterative steps. In uncertain times, you shouldn't be satisfied with good feedback. Wait for feedback that blows you away to fully ensure product market fit, boost the effectiveness of your marketing, and get you on the growth curve. Smart, conservative fundraising. We live in a world where fundraising is often mistaken for success. But, as a founder, the first question to ask yourself is whether you need to raise money at all. There are many wonderful lifestyle business opportunities, ones that can be highly profitable and worthwhile for you and your family, that are not investable businesses for VCs. For example, blogs, moderate-sized e-commerce slash retail businesses, marketing agencies, and many others have the potential to achieve profitability and a good return on the founder investment quickly, but their ultimate business size typically has a ceiling, millions rather than hundreds of millions of dollars, making them unattractive to institutional investors. However, if you do need to raise capital, reflect carefully on when and how much. You will be in the best position to successfully close a round when you have gathered proof points. In the early stage, as noted above, these come from MVP tests showing that your early customers love the product or service. Your ability to pull a team together, secure a loan, close letters of intent with corporate customers, or some other business milestone can also prove your ability to execute and deliver. At a later stage, proof points are all about metrics, i.e. traction, marketing ROI, unit economics, etc. These will be critical in any fundraising process, and are especially so when investors are more risk-averse. In an easier fundraising environment, companies often raise money too early, sometimes shooting in all directions without a rigorous process. Those days are over. Today, you need a more careful approach because investors are more selective about who they meet and what the terms of a potential deal will be. Do not expect to send a couple of emails and land financing. You must build a network of potential investors and win their trust in you not just the business opportunity, over time. Matt Salzberg from Blue Apron, the cook-at-home meal delivery company, was an expert at this. Before launching the venture, he was a VC and sat on startup boards so he understood the importance of building relationships with investors step-by-step to win their support and trust. Not everybody has direct access to investors, but anyone can reach out to their professional contacts and leverage those connections to get warm intros to potential funders. Do your homework and target not just any investors, but the right ones. Justin Joff of Henry the Dentist told us about using a Venn diagram to match a potential funder to a business, which would take into account desired check size, industry, business model, founder, portfolio weighting, timing, and potential upside. Your company won't line up with everyone, so spend time understanding the ideal people to try. Once you're connected, though, don't ask for money. First, get to know one another and seek their advice. 
Since investors see many opportunities and don't have much time, lead with your most impressive proof points and tell a compelling story. Meet every few months or so. As you act on their recommendations and also provide more evidence of your business potential, they will naturally start to gain confidence in it and you. Start with the potential investors at the bottom of your list and then work your way up to your top targets. Rejections are inevitable. The goal is to learn them as you move through the fundraising process. Remember that winning just one big-name investor can attract a great many followers. For example, Bespoke Post, a themed subscription box business, had zero commitments in its angel round until 500 startups, a well-known accelerator, chose to invest. Then angels piled on and their round was filled in a matter of weeks. Managing uncontrollables with culture and governance. Events outside your control will wreck your plans and require flexibility and agility from your team. Culture and governance can help you weather the storm. While most startups don't focus on these pieces of the organization until much later, smart founders prioritize them early on to build and guide teams that will stand by the business, make the right decisions, and take swift action in difficult times. The founders we spoke said this emphasis on culture should start as soon as a startup hits 10 to 30 employees. This starts with making your core values explicit and recruiting people who embody them. In other words, hire not just for skills and IQ but also for cultural fit. For example, Anthemos Georgiadis, co-founder of Zumper, the real estate marketplace, told us they looked for people with high resilience since they knew that competing with the likes of Zillow and Apartments.com would be an uphill battle. It took them two years to get the proof points needed to raise funds, and they needed a resilient team to do it. Good governance, in the form of trusted advisors and directors, is also a huge asset in challenging times. Smart founders are proactive about surrounding themselves with people who will support them, act as a sounding board, give critical feedback, and offer helpful recommendations and connections to potential hires, investors, or partners. For example, the founders of Rubicon MD sought advice early on from an ex-insurance CEO who helped them navigate the early bootstrapping months and later played a key role in their ability to raise funds. The Rent the Runway founders brought Jim Gold, the former president of Bergdorf Goodman, along to investor meetings as a helpful ambassador who could speak about the fashion industry. Successfully launching and scaling a new business venture has never been easy. After all, as Startup Genome has reported in its annual Global Startup Ecosystem Reports, 90% of startups fail. When fundraising dries up and uncontrollables become more prevalent, the challenge is even greater. VC Cafe last fall cited Carta data showing that 543 startups died in the first three quarters of last year, compared with 467 in all of 2022 and 263 in all of 2021. But founders increase their odds of success by proving product market fit on a budget, conservatively fundraising, and focusing on culture and governance early on.